That's John Ginty performing his song Damage Control at the Mayo Performing Arts Center on New Year's Eve 2017. Fast forward to June 2020. The coronavirus has shut down indoor concerts, and Ginty is taking his act outside in a drive-in benefit for the Mayo Center. We'll ask the Morristown native about the new normal for live music, and we'll ask folks from the Mayo Performing Arts Center if the performing arts even have a future. Hi, I'm Kevin Coughlin for MorristownGreen.com. Thanks for tuning in. Few people can play the Hammond organ like John Ginty. The Morristown High School graduate has released several critically acclaimed albums, and he's a top session player who has recorded or toured with Santana, Jewel, the Dixie Chicks, and the Robert Randolph Family Band, among others. We asked John how he prepared for a June 25th gig for an audience of automobiles, and how he's preparing for what comes next. So John Ginty, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Kevin. I appreciate it. So I know uh, you you have a very impressive resume. You've played with a lot of great people all over the world. I want to know, have you ever played a drive-in before? <laughs> I have not. This is uh, this will be a new experience to me. Uh, I guess it's going to feel sort of like playing the parking lot as opposed to playing playing the venue. But um, it is what it is. It's it's uh, it's what the gig is, and it seems like it's the best we could do right now. So I'm game. We're, we're going to go for it. So how are you guys going to distance on stage, though? That sounds like a challenge. Yeah, it is a bit of a challenge. Luckily, they got us a a really big stage, uh, a really big PA system. Um, We're going to try to do our best for the six feet thing. I got to tell you, you know, what's actually been the most challenging thing so far. And I really didn't see this coming is the rehearsal. You know, I mean, nobody's played uh, a gig in months. Everybody wants to get together. Obviously, I'm pulling some special stuff to do this. And there's, there's, you know, there's different songs and special guests. So we wanted to rehearse. And I, I, where can I go rehearse? Ten people. There's no room big enough to do that where I feel good about it, right? So we're going to rehearse. The the Morristown Green, maybe? (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, you're on to it. We're going to rehearse in in my guitar player's backyard. This seemed to be the only way we could possibly do it. So (laughs) we're doing, we're doing, you know, like most people, we're doing our best and uh, we'll do our best on stage. Obviously, we, you know, it, it would be a drag to play the gig with masks on. It would be tough to sing and and do what we do. But um, but we will be very conscious of it. I will tell you that. You know, it seems like the the one thing that the scientific community is in agreement about is that singing is perhaps you know the worst thing you can do if you want to stay healthy. That it spreads particulates all over the place. And so, for the singing aspect of this. Are you going to, you know, have everybody pointing far away from each other? I mean, how, how do you do that? Yeah, it is tough. So, you know, and that's why that's that's pretty much why we had to do the drive in things where, you know, in the first the first row of cars are, are going to be, you know, a good distance from the stage. So is there a specific type of music that's more dangerous? <laughs> Holy music. <laughs> I, I, I think the choir, honestly, I think if you've got, you know, if you got 50, 60 people in the choir belting it out, I think that's your there's your trouble right there. But uh, so no uh, gospel music. No gospel music. Well, that's impossible now. Come on. You've seen my show. You know we're going to do it. You're you're still a pretty young guy. I don't know if you remember. Did you ever go to a drive-in movie as a kid? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do, do you remember those tinny little speakers that you would put in the window there? They <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those didn't sound very good, right? We're going to sound better than that. 
So if this were a normal summer, where would you be playing right now? I would have been done with about 100 shows with Almond Betts Band that we would have done between you know, when we were canceled and now I would have been to Japan and Australia and Hawaii, all that got canceled. And right now I'd be getting ready to go out, uh, doing a co-tour Almond Betts band, uh, Blackberry Smoke, which has also been postponed. Yeah. This was supposed to be a really big summer for the Almond Betts band. We have a new record coming out, uh, in July and a new video that just came out. So we're still trying to do what we can do and keep it moving, you know, we're just, everybody's just trying to stay alive until, until we get the green light to go back and do it. So I've had the pleasure of seeing you perform on a number of occasions and anybody that watches you knows and can see and just how much you love to perform and to be in front of an audience. What's it been like sitting around these last few months? Uh, retirement. <laughs> uh, I talked to a producer, a friend of mine, Jim Scott, the other day, and he said, how's retirement? I said, I hate it. This is terrible, you know? So it's been tough, man. Uh, uh, you know, the studio work is a big part of what I do. And thankfully, I, I, I've managed to keep that going. There's still projects that are happening. And I, I do a lot of records out of my home studio. And so I've been able to kind of keep the work going. But it's just it's just not the same. And it, it all happened so fast. We were in the middle of a tour. I was on the tour bus sitting outside the venue, woke up at 9.30 and we were supposed to play uh, Phil Lesh's Terrapin uh, Crossroads in, in, in San Francisco that night. And instead I was on a plane at noon going home. So we literally just got the ripcord pulled and, uh, and it, yeah, it's been strange and it's been, it's been boring and it's been, um, it's much easier with the nice weather. Uh, my yard looks fantastic, man. <laughs> <laughs> have to move your studio out there, maybe. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I thought about it. Have to get the birds to birds to be quiet. That's all. Um, so so where does it go from here? I mean, how in the world will the live music scene ever rebound from this? How are you going to convince people it's safe to come out in big numbers again? Uh, how, how are you going to get stage crews together safely again? Tour buses, all that. How's that going to happen? Until until such time as there's a good treatment or a vaccine, I would predict that you're just going to see strange things. You're going to see bands set up uh, in residency. They'll set up in smaller clubs for three or four days and do two shows a day um, as opposed to playing one big room and one big night. Um, the crowds will be lighter and that's just the way it's going to have to be. And we're just going to have to find a way. We just have to find a way. Um yeah. So you, I wonder if the new normal, instead of having applause at the end of the song, you're going to have windshield wipers going back and forth. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm a little nervous about the the horns. You know, I I figure what I'm going to do is just diffuse it and kind of like work the horn into the show, so so everybody can play their car horn at one point. <laughs> we'll do a little bow diddly beat or something. I don't know, but a little you know, shave and haircut. You know, but have uh, you have you considered doing the um, the singer songwriter thing? Can you do that on a Hammond organ? Yeah, sure. You could do that, you know, and you know what? I'm going to test, I'm going to test the limits of this thing because with all the special guests I got coming, I got a wide range of things happening. And I talked to a special friend this morning who's coming out and I'm going to keep that one a secret, but he's, uh, He's, uh, he's a big shot. He's a New Jersey big shot is coming to the uh, show. Bruce Springsteen? <coughs> Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> I don't know Bruce. It's somebody I know. It's somebody I know and I've worked with. But uh, he and I are going to, we're going to, we're going to play a song, uh, just the two of us and try that out. Have you been uh, doing much songwriting during this period? I have. Yeah. I've written a couple songs. I've actually 
I was given somebody advice at the beginning of this, you know, I, I have a, a couple nieces and nephews and, and we were talking and said, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do with all this downtime. And I said to them, I said, you know, it's enough downtime that you could actually, you could become a, an electrician if you wanted to in this downtime, because who knows how long it's going to be before it, it's all back to normal. And that was three months ago, you know? So I, I sort of followed my own advice and I, I, I downloaded a bunch of video programs and I've been getting into video editing and I figured, you know what, let me just, I'm going to learn how to do this so I could do my own video editing stuff. And so I've done a couple things like that. And uh, yeah, you know, productive art, you know, artists will just keep, making art through whatever you throw at them, pandemics or what have you. So, um, we, we will keep going whether, whether we survive monetarily or not, I don't know, but we're going to make art, you know? Well, John Ginty, all the best at the, uh, show on at Foster Fields and uh, beyond. Uh, can't wait to the time when we can see you on a, you know, stage without having a car in between us. Yeah, me too, Kevin. I we're all in this together. We're going to do it together. We could be together safely. So that's my that's my hashtag. That's my motive on this thing is let's just be together and and do it safely and we need that because you know, we've been apart way too long and you could see it everywhere. Uh we need to be together. John Ginty, thanks so much for being our guest. Thank you, Kevin. You're listening to morristowngreen.com. When we come back, we go behind the curtain of a silent stage. When you start talking about this, it's a rabbit hole that you don't want to go down to. We're doing our best to help Greater Morristown stay informed during this challenging time. And we need your help. If you can, please make a contribution at morristowngreen.com donate. And if you'd like your business or organization to be featured right here, become a sponsor of the Morristown Green podcast. Drop me a line at morristowngreen at gmail.com or give a call at 973-944-0530. Our next guest, Ed Kurtzdorfer, has a very tough assignment. Somehow, someway, someday, he hopes to invite the public back inside the Mayo Performing Arts Center. He's the general manager of this 1,300-seat gem which has hosted everyone from a certain podcaster's ukulele band to Ringo's star. When it opened as a movie palace in 1937, it was called the Community Theater. And up until the coronavirus, it remained a focal point of the Morristown community, presenting lavish local productions, teaching aspiring young performers, and drawing thousands of visitors to the downtown. How can you keep all this going while keeping your distance? Ed Kirchdorfer, thanks for being with us today. Well, thanks for having us on. So I want to start off by playing uh, a brief clip from your boss, the uh, president of um, the, more, the Mayo Performing Arts Center, Allison Lorena. Here's what she had to say on YouTube. Hi, everyone. I'm Allison Lorena, president and CEO of MPAC. We really miss you, and we are looking forward to the day when we can safely welcome you through our doors again. It is with great hope and excitement that we begin sharing our new season with you. And you can feel comfortable purchasing tickets with our worry-free ticket policies. We're here for you. We look forward to seeing you soon. And we hope you like our new lineup. Thank you so much for your support. So here we are. It's uh, the first week in June as we're speaking. And uh, there are still prohibitions against any large gatherings. 
And Allison Lorena is talking about a new season. How the heck do you launch a new season now? Uh, with a lot of hope. Um, we typically would have announced our season to our members and donors back in May, uh, if this was a regular year, and then to the public in June. We decided, uh, after looking at what other organizations uh, in the state and in the country were doing, they are putting some shows on sale, we decided we were going to do that too and uh, test out the public's appetite for purchasing shows mostly in 2021, you know, we're not sure when we're going to open. We have gamed many scenarios, a possible opening in September with a limited audience. Is November the date? Is it January? Is it March? Is it next year? We're not sure, but we're going to test the waters and see how, the, see how uh, our public reacts to that. So whenever you do reopen, you got two factors. One, you've got to be able to get your artists, I would think, on somewhat short notice, and then you have to convince the public. Let's take the artists first. How much lead time do you typically need to book your artists? I, I, can, I can answer that a couple different ways. I can reverse that. So how much time do we need to sell an artist? Um, you know, Obviously, the bigger the artist, the, the, the shorter the time period. The issue that's going on, not only with us, but with everybody, is who wants to go out and tour. Uh, you know, typically any artist has a pretty big crew with them. So a lot of the larger names are sitting it out, at least for the rest of 2020, and have moved their tour plans to 2021. You probably know like, like Taylor Swift and stuff like that. Obviously, we're not going to get Taylor Swift. But Taylor, if you want to come here, we'll work, make it work for you. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening, Taylor. <laughs> but uh, a, a lot of the uh, acts that you know, we originally had in March or April that we had moved to July and August, now a lot of the they're looking at moving to uh, next next year. So, so yeah, so on the artist side, there's that whole thing. And when you start thinking about everything that goes into a production, there's a lot of questions that have to be answered. And quite frankly, we don't have those answers yet. Other places don't have the answers yet. We're, we're just trying to figure out the best way to go forward. Well, and of course, many of your more popular acts are nostalgia acts with performers that are getting up there. So I would think they would have extra concerns about this virus. Yeah, and their audience is also uh, a little older as well. So there is obviously a lot of concern whether it's uh, safe to do these things. And our, our primary goal is to make sure that when we are able to open, we're going to do so in a way that is safe for everybody, safe for our patrons, our performers, our volunteers, and our staff. Uh, we want to make sure that people are comfortable coming back to our venue and feel it's a safe spot to come to. So the most likely scenarios as you see it now would be what? Well, again, things change so rapidly. It seems like every week there's a new set of regulations or a new set of reduced regulations. So is it possible to do something in the fall with maybe like a comedian or a singer-songwriter that doesn't require a large backup band or a, you know a, a tour crew with a reduced capacity of maybe 300 or so socially distance. Yeah, maybe. 
but I think more realistically, we're looking at later in the year, which is why when we're putting these shows on sale, we're focusing more on shows in 2021. Do you think that uh, your patrons will be required to wear masks when they come to a show? I would say at this point, yes. Again, we'll see how it changes. We will go by the uh, regulations that are available at the time. Are you getting any hints from Trenton as to uh, what their thinking is about reopening these kinds of uh, entertainment options? Not yet. Our last event was March 11th, and venues like Mayo Performing Arts Center are probably last on the list to open. Who was your last uh, act? It was Temple Grandin, the um, noted uh, autism uh, expert. And right, right, right. And how did that go? That was a wonderful event. Uh, she's a uh, She's a pistol. I and mean, she was just such an interesting person and had so many interesting things to say. And we just engaged her to uh, talk to uh, some of our donor base about the importance of supporting the arts in this time when the arts are not uh, capable of, of being performed in public. How many shows have you had to cancel since that one? We've canceled about 50 events and moved about 25 of other ones. That includes concerts, that includes school field trip events to the theater, uh, rental events at the theaters. That doesn't include the, the performing arts school, which we were able to do uh, via Zoom. Uh, every day, the merry-go-round spins a little faster. So, for example, Herman's Hermits, which was uh, originally scheduled for March 20th, moved to the end of June, moved to the end of September, and now is scheduled for April 2021. So it sounds like you're going to have a log jam. You're going to be going every night, right? We may be. I mean, uh, the great thing is that our our patrons, for the most part, have been holding on to their tickets. You know, they want to see these concerts. They want to come out and they want to see their favorite performers, which is exciting. We we've done, you know, a, a good amount of refunds. I'm not going to deny that, uh, but mostly for shows that have canceled. Uh, the shows that have been rescheduled, I'd say about 90 to 90% of the audience have kept their tickets for now. I mean, we've told them uh, that we have pretty much a worry-free exchange policy at this point. If, if we can get going, as we hope to, in early 2021, there's going to be probably an, an event almost every night. If you were to put a dollar amount on the hit that you've taken so far, what would that be? We have given away several hundred thousand dollars of refunds. And it's taken a tremendous toll on our bottom line and our ability to operate as an organization. Have you had to lay off people at this point? I mean, we've kept the full-time staff intact. There were some part-timers who worked shows, specifically work shows like par parking attendants and whatnot that and so we just had to not use anymore just because we don't have those events. But so far we've been able, we have we got the, the PPP money from the government, which has allowed us to keep our staff intact for now. How, how big a staff do you have? We have 32 full-timers. So that's good news. So far, they're still able to uh, put food on the table. Yeah, well, you know, we had to reinvent ourselves and reinvent ourselves on the fly. And what our business is bringing concerts to and people to a large gathering place. And that's like, OK, what's the number one on the list? that they didn't want people to do, bring people to a large <laughs> gathering place, right? So suddenly what we did is was, was rendered obsolete in the short term. We you know, went to doing things like creating a virtual arts page, which is kind of an aggregate of free arts opportunities for people to see and starting the Facebook Live concert series that we began. Oh, yeah. That's every Friday, right? Every Friday at 1230. Uh, 
uh, which we've been doing since April 10th. Or, You've been renting some movies too, right? Yeah, we're working with uh, Magnolia Pictures, uh, mostly documentaries like the Joan Jett documentary, Bad Reputation. There's a documentary on the band. Uh, there's about six or seven that are out there uh, that people purchase through the Magnolia Pictures site and we get a cut. Of course, the most exciting thing right now is you're going to have a drive-in concert with John Ginty coming up later in June. Yeah. Uh, is, is that going to be the new normal for a while? Are we going to see a bunch of those? Uh, hard to tell at this point. You know, typically in the summer, we have a couple of free events that we do outside. We started talking about the concept of the drive-in concerts, and I've seen that in Europe, they had done something like that. And so we're testing it out on June 25th. We're very thrilled that John has so generously donated his time to launch this series with us. He's been a great partner, and so has the Morris pa- County Park Commission uh, to make this available on their site. So what's it going to look like? I mean, is it going to look like an old drive-in movie where you all like <laughs> roll down the windows or can you come out of your car or what? Well, again, things change on a week-to-week basis. So a lot of restrictions. We're hoping it's, we're hoping it's not 100 degrees and humid. <laughs> what are the latest numbers on how much money uh, Impact puts into the greater Morristown economy? Yeah, in a typical season, it's about $15 million. So, you know, there's definitely a ripple effect when the theater is closed. For those who aren't familiar with uh, MPAC, it's it's quite a story. You started out as a movie palace in a 1937, right? And, um, That's right. Uh, later on, it fell into disrepair, and volunteers came together in the 90s to restore it. Part of that includes, as you mentioned, uh, educational programs that uh, you, you said are, are going on Zoom. And you also had plans in the works for expansion onto Pine Street. Uh, where do those plans stand right now? Uh, we continue to explore them. I think the project's been pushed back a little bit because of everything that's happened. Because one of the exciting parts of that, I think, was a smaller performing space, right? 300 seats or so for both educational and small performance. Yeah, that's, that still- that's the hope. That's what we're hoping to have in there at some point. The purpose would be to give our performing arts school uh, more space at school. How many kids do you have in the uh, school right now? Well, over the course of a, over the course of a year, we have about 660, I think this year was something like 660 kids who participated in performing art school classes. That's two semesters in a summer camp program. When uh, the pandemic struck and we had to shut down, we took the classes to Zoom. Um, it was interesting. My son was in one of the classes uh, doing a. <laughs> How old is your son now? He's, he'll, he'll, he's five. Okay. So he, uh, you know, do, is he a hoofer or a singer or what? Depends on the day. He's mostly a dinosaur, uh, <laughs> and uh, sometimes he's Godzilla. So there's a Godzilla musical out there. If anyone's looking to cast a five-year-old, he could be young Godzilla. But anyway, uh, it's, it's uh, it was interesting to to see the classes uh, go up on Zoom. Uh, pretty much every kid, every family. Uh, stayed in the classes and we had a handful of people requesting refunds. And then, and then uh, a couple weeks ago, Kathy Roy, who runs the education department, uh, created a whole new set of zoom classes. Since she was able to tap into some of her contacts, Kathy has a lot of contacts. A lot of her people have gone on to careers, uh, in Broadway or out in LA. And so she was able to tap into some of her uh, former students to do things like uh, improv and stand-up comedy and stuff like that for adults. So it's, it was a 
kind of an exciting uh, initiative that she put together on the fly and was able to launch, and was, it's been very successful to date. Kathy has uh, done a magnificent job over the years with your community productions, which usually roll out around this time. Um, uh, let's see, we were about to see what? Uh, Newsies, yeah. Yeah, so is it likely that'll come back next year? I couch every one of my answers as we obviously don't know what the situation is going to be at the time. So there's really nothing that can be done until next May and June, unfortunately. If you're listening to MorristownGreen.com, we've been working nonstop to bring you the stories of how this once in a century pandemic is challenging our community. We need your help to keep going. If you can, please contribute to morristowngreen.com slash donate. And if you'd like your business or organization to be featured right here, become a sponsor of the Morristown Green podcast. Drop me a line at morristowngreen at gmail.com or give me a call at 973-944-0530. Our guest is Ed Kirchdorfer, General Manager of the Mayo Performing Arts Center. How do you entice people to come back when there's so many unknowns? Well, right now, we're really stressing that ticket purchasing is worry-free. I know a lot of times with, when you buy tickets, we have the you know no refunds, no exchanges policy. And we've decided to make it very liberal at this point and, and very flexible. The thing is, it's hard to... Since we don't know, you know, for some of these shows, if they're happening, we we don't want to have to wait until the last minute to suddenly, oh, my God, we have 30 days to sell a show. So we we feel that if a show is really popular, then we may have to end up moving it to make it work. There's been a lot of talk uh, with arts organizations of how do you properly socially distance people in a theater? And there have been some models that have been created And, you know, can you in the ticketing purchase process, if you buy seat A101, will that automatically knock out seats A102, 103, B101, B102, B103? There's not a program yet for that. And I don't know if we want to even go that direction right now. And are there any um, alterations to the building itself that you could make in terms of, you know, larger entrances or anything like that? When you start talking about this, it's a rabbit hole that you don't want to go down to. And then when you get, because when you get to the bottom of it, it's like, oh my God, why are we even bothering? You know, wake me up when it's over. But I really think about everything you do when you go to the theater and every single one of those things is going to be altered. You know, going through the gate, will you have to get your temperature checked? You know, can you bring in a bag? Uh, you know, uh, how many people are allowed in the bathroom at the same time? How many people can stand in the lobby? Will people have to... Uh, be assigned a time to enter the theater. And, you know, so it's... It, you know, if someone's paid $100 for a ticket and they don't want to wear a mask, are you going to turn them away? Well, what do you do? I mean, it's you laugh at it and we can laugh about it, but, you know, what do you do if... I think the the threshold for temperature is 100.4. So if someone has a 100.5, who's the person to say, you know, I'm sorry, you have to go home? You know, and we'll, That's where your security people really earn yeah. their pay. And, well, who's... 
who's to tell the tour manager, uh, sorry, you have to go back on the bus because you're not allowed in the thing. You know, so <laughs> I, I, I hope you're good at the lights and the sound, Ed. You may be calling for duty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's going to tell you know Tony Bennett? Uh, sorry, you're you're running a slight fever. You can't perform tonight. Or Tony, you have to sing with a mask. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and you know that's another thing we've talked to. When you think about, you know, I, we've read things about singing pushes the aerosols out more. So would we have to lose the first couple rows? Because when somebody sings, those those specks that fly out of the mouth are, would could possibly hit them. Uh, if somebody plays the trumpet or an instrument that involves the mouth. Uh, we've talked to some symphonies and stuff about, you know, they might have to reposition. How do they how do they deal with that? Because those things are actually blowing aerosols out. And when Peter when Peter Noon comes back with the hermits, you're gonna have to tell him you can't go out in the crowd, Peter. <laughs> he might have to be a hermit in this case. No, uh. <laughs> so Allison uh, uh, said that uh, they've announced a new season. Tell us some of the people that have said they're coming back for the new season, whenever that might be. We're announcing the season in stages. So uh, this past week, we put, I think, about five shows on sale, including Jazz at Lincoln Center with Wynton Marsalis, Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra with Wynton Marsalis, uh, Vic DiBetetto, the comedian, uh, Get the Let Out, which is a Zeppelin tribute band, uh, a Ray Charles tribute called Ray on My Mind, and Piano Battle, which we featured yesterday in our Facebook Live Friday, and it's available on our website right now, which is the two classical pianists who kind of battle back and forth on who plays it best. So every week, every Monday, we'll be announcing probably four to six shows moving forward. Any more ukulele shows coming back? Uh, Jake Shimabukuro. Excellent. Coming back, he actually goes on sale next week, so I can say that. Fantastic. So, yeah. The one thing, we have been booking touring Broadway shows, but we're not quite ready to announce those shows it'll probably be more on the back end of our announcements because we're looking to see whether those things are can be staged it's a huge crew doing things like dance and theater require people to be positioned pretty closely together so it's curious we're curious and i think they are too can how can something like that be done how can a nutcracker be done um if there are still social distance restrictions in place for the performers so it'd be it's it's suffice to say it's going to be one interesting season how long can you hang out if you know the large gatherings still are not allowed yeah i mean that's why we're trying to come up with things like drive-in concerts and other ways to make some income. We're obviously we're reaching out to the public to support us at this time, but we also know that a lot of people are hurting as well. But if people have the means to support the theater, we would certainly appreciate their support to kind of help keep us going. I think, you know, we'll be okay in, in the short run, but that, doesn't mean that we're flush. We obviously have been hurt a lot by not being able to present shows and having to uh, to refund um, several hundred thousand dollars worth of money. Well, you were saying that you miss us, and I I can speak for myself, and I think for many others that uh, that we really do miss you guys. And uh, I look forward to the time when we can be back there enjoying some great entertainment. We're going we're gonna to see how the uh, drive-in concert goes and hopefully maybe schedule a couple more over the summer. I'll have my mask and car ready. Ed Kirchdorfer, thanks so much for being with us. 
Thanks, Kevin. Best of luck to you and everything. And I appreciate all you do covering Marstown and covering the theater. Thank you. My thanks to our guests, organist extraordinaire John Ginty. You can follow him at johngintymusic.com. And also to Ed Kirchdorfer, general manager of the Mayo Performing Arts Center. You can check out MPAC at mayoarts.org. Our soundtrack music is courtesy of Domenico Randazzo. Check him out at domenicosounds.com. Thanks also to the Center for Cooperative Media at Montclair State University for its support. And thank you for listening. Make sure to read morristowngreen.com every day for all the news from Greater Morristown. For morristowngreen.com, I'm Kevin Coughlin. Let's close with more great sounds from John Ginty. Thank you so much.